Easter Monday, because I even know we had an Easter Monday. That there's something new. Yeah, that's new for me, but it was all well, man. I, you know, I just barbecue with the family and just relax, man. You know, just just took a chill. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, because I was like, damn, I was trying to think. I said, not until my age, I don't ever remember a Easter Monday. I remember Easter Sunday. <laughs> you yeah, get I, back to work that Monday. <laughs> right. Yeah, I never heard of an Easter Monday. Oh, most definitely. So, man, like I said, I've been watching you for a I've been watching some of your 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 creations for a minute. Um let's begin with power and money because you was in that movie, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. You 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 was the little brother. Yes, I'm correct. Yes. No doubt. So tell me what you like better, directing or acting? I like directing better. Mm. Yeah, I I did, mm. I did the acting thing just so I can help it better me as a director. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with, with, with the porn with the porn industry because me being behind the camera helped me as a male talent in front of the camera and vice versa. It showed me how to film the angles and what and what me as a male talent what I need to think about when I'm in front of the camera. Right. You know, period. Um and vice versa, me being a male talent, what I need to look for when I'm behind the camera. So tell me about your experience being in front of the, the, the camera for that for that movie. Because that movie was real good and stuff. Um, how much of it did you put from personal experience you put into that into that character? Um uh, a personal experience, I, I put a lot. I put a lot. Because growing up where I, where I come from, um in Detroit, is that's pretty much all we know. All we know is the uh, is the streets, you know. So mm-hmm. um, and then I've encountered a lot of people who were oblivious to the streets, but got introduced to the streets. And then they turned into a whole nother situation. Like my cousin, for instance, um, mm-hmm. kinda, you know, I wrote the story and kind of mm-hmm. like that, that instance. My cousin was a very uh, talented person. Like he was like scouted by the, uh, the Tigers and he was just like a college. Mm-hmm. Kid. But he came back to the city. He turned into this. He turned into something totally different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that 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 was part of my life experience. Yeah, because it was like, it was crazy. Like, what I liked about it was that it showed a lot of character development, especially your character. That when he got around his brother, his brother kind of made the monster that he became. Right. You know, um, and everything. And um, when you got the script, what made you decide to be in the movie versus just being the director? Well, I'm pretty sure you directed as well as acted. Yeah, I did both. Um, so basically, I was when I had the script, and I told the team, I was like, "Man, you know what? I'm gonna play uh, the Rocky character in the movie." Mm-hmm. Or but I was joking. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I was trying to back out, and they was like, "No, nah, you already said you're gonna do it, so you know that's your job. That's you, you're gonna play the kid." <laughs> so me being the I'm sorry. You you played it very well, bro. Very uh, well. I appreciate it. Yeah, because um, even the point that I saw Fat Boy um, was in the movie with y'all. Mm-hmm. We have to remember him from, you know, it, it, you know, him blowing up with TikTok. He played a very good role and everything. And um, like I said, with with um, your movies, it's like a lot of y'all, I could tell, has been in the streets. So y'all bringing your experience from being in the streets to the movie screen. How much have that change people's lives because a lot of times a lot of people get stuck in the streets you know and a lot of people have made a transition out of it 
I can honestly say this saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, film, uh, just cinematography and things like that. And I can name, and I know a few other people that it pulled us all away from the streets because the streets, you, everybody know the answer to that. It's only two two ways to find it. It's either dead or in jail. So it's like by me being able to get into the industry, I feel like it saved my life because it showed me that the world was bigger than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, bro, because I'm just going to say this now. Detroit has became the mecca for independent filming. You know, okay. and we're talking about Atlanta being black Hollywood. Nah, it's fucking Detroit, dog. <laughs> y'all got too much shit coming out, bro. Yeah. I'm like, y'all got too much on lock, man. Straight up. I'm dropping another one in June, so. Man. I mean, how quick y'all be turning these movies out, man? Because y'all be turning them out quick, bro. Well, I mean, quick. for me, it probably takes six months to a year for me to drop one of my own. Um, mm-hmm. There's other people that actually work faster than me, and they, and they turn it around three, four months. They drop it. I mean, at the end of the day, we can't keep up with the supply and demand of the content. Everybody knows content is king. So, you know, yes. keep up with that supply and demand. You're not going to be able to. So, me, I'm very big on quality over quantity. Oh, most definitely. Y'all be putting out some quality. So, give me one second. Hello, smokers, and welcome to the Smokers Lounge. We got something special for you today. I'm your host, Kevin Arthur Southern Champ, a.k.a. the Porn Rap Star. Y'all know what it is. Find all my links at allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star. Let me tell you about four sponsors that we are glad to boast about. The first one being the Facebook Dallas community, lsworld.com. Next up, the highest adult magazine in the game, eroticismmagazine.com. Next up after that, Black-owned, 90% profit for you content creators and for you consumers, a triple S content, a new place for you to consume that. We're talking about ExciteBunny.com. Last but not least, award-winning, award-nominated. We're talking about Smut with some voiceover, and they even have a VR section. Shouts out to my man, a cinema photographer, and they're also Black-owned. I'm talking about BlushErotica.com. Com. Proud member of the GW District Black Podcasting Network. So go over to shopgwdistrict.com and get some shopping done and buy from over 500 black on retailer shops and boutiques. Also, five days a week in the morning, you can wake and bake with me and the industry's finest at fullyswapradio.com. Also, check me out on skyhawkafterdarktv.com as well as the BGP LLC app. Now, I know I'm about to blow his head up, but I'm here with the Spike Lee of the Detroit independent film community. This man done put out a lot of movies, and he is one of the guys that I can sit here and call Mr. Tubi. And y'all need to check him out, his acting skills and power and money, because the motherfucker put it down out this beat. He need to act just as much as he direct. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Tell everybody who you is, brother. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Director BZ Jones. <laughs> yes, sir. And... He's a beast with it, bro. And I, I, let's begin here because I watched Circumstance 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. All right. First of all, shout out to Demetrius Henry. Harvey, I think that's his name. Yeah, Love Dem- Demars Harvey. Yes, Demars. Dude is bad. Yeah. Dude is bad, yo. It, I've seen him in, in a lot of your movies, and he can play anything, you know, period. And um, I know that one, the lady that uh, from Plush Entertainment said he's one of the, the, in her opinion, the number one guy in Detroit. I, I damn near say that too. With murder pain right behind him. How was it working with him? Um, 
Oh, it's, it's always a pleasure working with uh, Demaris, man. Like, me and Demaris pretty much started alongside each other in the game. Like, you know, like, with circumstances, mm-hmm. of course, you know, like, I um, I introduced him to Swift. Um, mm-hmm. And then we just took off running. And, I mean, he's just been in a plethora of movies from, man, I just can't, I can't keep counting how many movies he's in. So. <laughs> that, dude, that dude got a motherfucking a discography that's off the chain, bro. For real. He definitely and- Man, he's definitely doing a good job. I salute the brother, man. Like I said, I've been doing I've been knowing him for a very long time. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna give him his flowers while I can. Yeah, he he damn sure deserve it. You know, I, I've tried to hit him up and try to get him on the show. It's hard to catch some of y'all. <laughs> and I also uh recently did a top five of Tubi of I felt was one of some of the best female actors on there. Crystal Doll, I named her, uh, as well as uh Kiva, who is uh, one of the lead actresses, going to uh, which uh, I saw her recently in Queens of Kings. Man, she she played gangster very well. Okay. And uh, of course, Mina Monroe. I remember her back in the day when I was doing the BCB Street Team. I had, you know ran across her and we had chit chatted a little bit, and it just amazed me how much she has grown, or what have you. Yeah. Cause yeah, she she's a beast with it. So let's talk about circumstances, man, because. I see that y'all are making y'all are right now making universes, mm-hmm. so that or with the power universe, and um, the question I have to ask is what made because in circumstances one at the end of it, it seemed like the guy got caught, but then y'all came back with circumstances two and it was a dream sequence. What made y'all decide to go that route for the beginning of, of circumstances two instead of having him coming in with him being behind bars already? Well, see, a lot of people don't know with the Circumstances series, um, it was actually a book series already. So a mm-hmm. lot of the, the tale was already in the book already. And then, I, then um, okay. it, it was a book called Motivation that was written by Swift or Sloan. And I guess that when we did part two, he just felt like he didn't want Keyshawn to go to jail. So he was like, mm-hmm. he, they, they played it as a whole dream sequence and then, you know, it played off of that that way. Yeah, because I even like the the fact that now what was also was crazy circumstances for was that Jai killed off the FBI, the head of the FBI, early in the movie. Bender, um, yeah, Bender, and um and the twist was that um God was his name Bones was the mastermind behind all of this, you know. Period. He been, and the question was why did they leave. Did they purposely leave the character that Demaris was playing as the fall guy so everybody can go after him? That was the the, the plan of Bender? Yeah, or that was the plan of Bones? And just to turn it all on one person. Yeah. Yeah, because I found that was an interesting twist um, that, you know, which I kind of figured it might have been Bender, but the twist was that it was one of the guys that was with you know, with the main characters. You get what I'm saying? You know, which was kind of crazy. And the fact that Bones didn't want to be in... in, in the, He didn't want to be the front guy. He wanted to be the guy in the background, even though he was the head guy. You know, was that part of the book, or was that something that y'all put in yourselves? We actually... Uh, part four was never a book. Part four was strictly okay. off of the other parts of the series. And since that we kept the, you know, what happened in all the other two, um, the other three, I should say, we had to figure out how to do it. And since Bone, Bone has been in every every um movie from part one to all the way to part four, he always played the background. 
So it was mm-hmm. a good idea to bring that to the forefront. And it made sense. Yeah. Because it was just crazy. I was like, wait a second. I'm thinking it's all Bender. And then he goes see Bone and <laughs> Bone murked him off. I said, well, damn. <laughs> so how did y'all get Hoops? Because Hoops very surprised me. I didn't realize how great of an actress she was. Oh, Hoops. Uh, you know, Hoops is from Detroit. Word. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. And I saw you had an OG in there with Glenn. OG Bobby Johnson. Yeah, Glenn Plummer. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, he was. He, I was he, like, he, did he get OG Bobby Johnson? <laughs> yeah, old Glenn Plummer, man. He's, he's, he's excellent to work with. Yeah, because I was a little disappointed that he was only in, in, in the movie just for a little bit. I wanted to see more of his character. Right. And um, I like the fact that he was the father-in-law to the wife of the assassin. And right. I like the way that y'all really gave us a backstory for the assassin as well as character development with the assassin. You right. know, period. So who, um, how much of this did you have a hand in creating this movie as far as writing and all that? I can't take any um, credit on none of the writing. Um, Swift has, um, he has his writers that, that, that had created it. Me, I was just a director and I just made sure the story was told the way it was written. Mm. That is what I'm talking about. And then also the other one that I saw, which which I also liked Demaris in, was Unfair Exchange, which actually started a whole conversation for me in another episode. <laughs> Unfair Exchange is a little different. It was, you know, they, uh, you can consider it almost like an erotic type thriller. Yeah, because it was crazy that he literally wanted dude to test his wife, which was crazy. Yeah. You know, I didn't necessarily get to see the end of it, but like I said, but it was just because I didn't get a chance to. But it was like I saw enough of it, I was like, whoa, it was like that's kind of crazy because I'm thinking it happened organically. But when him and his boys working out, his boys just kept asking, Do you trust her? Do you trust her? And he gave him the green light or what have you. So, um, when you get the scripts, mm-hmm. what, how do you go into your thought process of how you're going to shoot it? you know, and bring forth this, this vision to, to film? Um, well, you know, like I said, I read the story two or three times and, and, you know, by me, well, what unfair exchange was, was pretty fun because it was, um, something new and something different. I just, I just, I don't know. I just got this thing to where I, when I read it, I can visualize it. So I kind of mm. already know it. And I put it down on paper and then I create a shot list and, you know, storyboard things like that to help me with my vision. Cause like when I read it, I actually see the actual story being told in my head. So that's one thing that I do. Like if I can't sit here and visualize what the story is telling, I'm probably going to turn the job, going to turn the job down because I can't see it visually in my head. It's just something that this is part of my thought process, I guess, you know, it's one of those things that you, you get a gift. I think my gift is just seeing what I seeing what's on paper in my head and, and turn it into a movie before I even shoot it. Yeah, because it's like when I look at y'all, the, the movies or what have you, especially the ones that you have done, um, it seems y'all make it a certain type of authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, period. It gives us an outside look on what Detroit is like, you know, because a lot of people don't associate Detroit with film. You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah, they always you know. with gangster stuff. Yeah, I know. And just and just yeah. to clarify too, um, I directed Circumstances One Through Four and all those. Those movies were actually shot in Milwaukee. Those are Milwaukee-based movies. 
Okay. Oh, see, 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 see what I'm saying? The Midwest, y'all got it popping, man. God dang. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So it's like, so when you come to shoot movies, because it's a little different than, so, so my smokers can understand, it's different than shooting porn. It's way more uh, complicated because you got to find the places to bring forth the vision from whether it's a, a grocery store or or a street or a club, strip club, and stuff of that nature. How do y'all go about securing these places? Um, I guess I mean it's it's kinda it kinda tells from the script. I mean, like honestly, I'm not scared to go talk to nobody, first and foremost. And you know, by us building up what we're building, people are recognizing the fact that we are building something bigger in Detroit and they want us to be in their locations. They want the promotion. Because all it is is marketing. You know what I mean? It's just another mm-hmm. marketing. So you say, yes, y'all can film there as long as you show my sign. That's free advertisement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Seen by millions of people. Yeah, because it's like I be seeing, you know, clothing lines in there. Um, and definitely, I know the strip club owners don't mind y'all coming in there. I know that brings them a lot of <laughs> attention. <laughs> yeah, they don't mind at all. So how much are you a part of picking the actors for the roles? Well, when I, on my movies, I'm very much hands-on with that. Like, because I have a, a certain look and certain type of dynamic that I want my actor to have pertaining to whatever role it is. So I'm, like, almost 100% hands-on with that. Like, I don't nobody get casted unless I see it or know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So for you, it's like, what do... How can I put this? So when you look at the script, is it that you have a vision of what that what that character going to look like, be like, and then it's just you fitting the real person to the character? Yeah, more more or less. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just like, you know, if you got like a character that's just clean cut and and just you know can wear a like a ghost type vibe where they got to have a suit. Like everybody don't look good in a suit, so you got to find mm-hmm. the one. And then you got to also think of it like this: you got to think of a marketing strategy when you're thinking of some of these characters, like when. With same thing with women. Women are eye candy for men, but men are mm-hmm. eye candy for women. So you got to try to try to sell that sex appeal on both sides. Yeah, because I was watching uh, one of the movies, and well, when I was yours, I guess uh, Diesel. My wife loved the shit out of Diesel. He's oh, yeah, a beast. Yeah, oh, yeah, Diesel's a beast, man. It's like it's very. I'm very surprised that some of these guys ain't made to the big screen. I know that Gravy has. You know, he did Biggie. And everything, and he's very good. Um, and everything, and, and he was he was in the street. He's like he was in the streets as well. That it's like acting saved him also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gravy, that's my guy. I worked with him on um, like, sheesh, at least ten, at least ten films now. Yeah, cause I remember him on Narc, and Narc was good as shit, yo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he was definitely a Narc. That's my guy. Like I met, I met Gravy on the set of Circumstances too. Hmm. And then ever since yeah. then, like we've been in a lot, we done worked a lot, at least at least ten films right now. Yeah, because um, I, I love his role as Tejado. Um, he, he he played crazy very well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, period. So, um, like for example, like um, when it comes to budget, how much when they give y'all the budget, how do you? Y'all, you know, come to what is needed, you know what I'm saying? Because, of course, every movie gets a budget. 
you know, on what they can spend as far as paying the actors, plus, you know, equipment and all that good stuff. How do y'all, you know, go through, figure out what's needed, what's not, and all that good stuff? I mean, it's all entailed into the script. I mean, the script tell, the script tells all. Like, you got to figure out. Um, first and foremost is, like, by us being independent, we have to see, are we going to bring in our marketing strategy, which will be a name, like a gravy or, you know, or somebody from the C to D list actors. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out what that budget will be on top of food, um, of the other actors, uh, daily rates, and then you got crew and stuff like that. So off off rip, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to put down your crew. That's, mm-hmm. that's the very first thing you got to do. You got to figure out your budget, and then you got to figure out what's going to the crew, because you can't make it happen without them. Most definitely. So what do your crew entail as far as when, when you're filming a movie, mm-hmm. what is your crew? Um, we got the director, the director of photography. We have an AD. We have um, my grip, my gaffer, sound. Um, you know, then I now I'm to the point now I shoot two cameras, so I definitely hire a couple of cam ops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone just to, you know, and then ACs, um, assistant cameras. Those are the ones who's pulling focus and things of that nature. Then you got a bunch of PAs running around. Um, you got your producers running around. You got people like that, like line producers and or et cetera. The people that are those runs or making those calls or locking these locations. So, you, and then you got your executive producers, which don't do much, but they're there. Oh yeah, and um, the interesting part too is that y'all special effects are pretty good, especially with the gun wounds and stuff like that and everything. Because I've seen some movies where the shit just didn't just, just look fake as fuck. You know, <laughs> y'all shit look legit. <laughs> like if his head, if back his head got blown out, it got blown out. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, some, I look at it like I know some people don't do it. It's because some people either don't know or that their budget just couldn't handle it, and they just try to figure a workaround. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's kind of to me that what makes you know the difference. Like just like in the movie we were just talking about, power and money with me the, the kill scenes, they look legit. They look real, mm-hmm. you know, and it played to the imagery of the movie. You know, period, as well as even the storyline, you know. And I also see that y'all make it a point to not make us hate the character, but kind of understand why the character is doing what he's doing, you know, because y'all are very good at character development. Is that something that y'all take into account when y'all are coming up with, the, you know, coming up with, you know, shooting it or what have you, that you want the people to feel the pain of the character, even though he might be the villain? We might be a little sympathetic to his his situation, right? Well, see, and that's what that's the thing with us. Like, we are what you consider. Like, we do a lot of street movies, right? And we understand yeah. everybody in the street is not a bad person. So it's mm-hmm. like tell the story, make you fall in love with this street guy, even though he's doing wrong, but he still has he still ha- he's still a human being. So mm-hmm. basically, what that's called we we're humanizing the actual character and making the audience mm-hmm. not they they let go the fact that. Oh, he's he's a killer, or he sells a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that we add. Oh, he might have a kid, or he loves his mother. We just let them know, like this this is real life. This really happens. Yeah, because even with power, um, you know, power, you know, money and power. At the beginning of it, you had the, the scene where the father confronted the mother, and the mother wanted to leave with both boys. He said, "Nah, you," and pulled out the gun. You feel, <laughs> and she took you, 
and he kept the other one, you know what I'm saying? And then it showed, you know, you dead with the mother and the mother passed away. Now you got to go find the father. So it kind of gave us already a sympathy for your character walking into the movie. You feel what I'm saying? Right. You already love yeah. me because I'm going through something. Yeah. So then when you did turn, it's kind of understandable why you turned. Because, you know, it made you think, you know, okay, what if he didn't go that route? He might have been something different, you know, period, and everything. So it's kind of like with with y'all, um, it's kind of like you don't make good guys and bad guys. You make people. You feel what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Versus what the big movies do. The big movies give us a distinct bad guy and a good guy. Versus with y'all, it's more of they can be, they're a good guy that can be bad, they're a bad guy that can be good. Does that, you think that makes your movies more relatable than some of the movies that's coming out? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Um, because, like, you gotta think, the industry don't really make movies for the ghetto. True that. They, they make movies for the, I mean, for the masses, of course, but their storylines are not for the people in the hood. So we're just giving the hood a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was saying this before, even with porn, we make porn through the white man's eyes, not through our eyes. How important is it for us as black people, people of color, to tell our stories the proper way? I mean, it's very important because, like, it's like, like, like everybody gets us mis- we're, we're misunderstood. They look, they put us in this one genre, and they they don't understand our struggle. They don't understand that. We're forced to live in the hood. We're we're kind of forced to sell drugs because that's all we have to get to that next level. Like we're not born with uh, a six fifty credit score. We don't know the ins and outs of how how to make take a business, create a business, and put everything in a business name like like they do, and just mm-hmm. or just file a bankruptcy on it and start another one and keep it going. We're all we know is the fast way of getting the money. Now I'm not saying it's the right way. But that's just the struggle, and that's that's what's pushed on us Mm -hmm. as a culture, you know what I mean? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yeah, because it's like, <clears throat> to me, that's what I love about what I'm seeing with Tubi. Is that the, one Tubi has really put the black independent cinema to the forefront in a way that I haven't seen since black exploitation films. You feel what I'm saying? Because it was like, I always wondered, was there a black independent segment? Because we see the white independents. We see them go to Sundance. You know, I actually had the pleasure of talking to a guy, Chris Anders, 
who uh, did a movie that was on Netflix called The Old Ways. You know, I talked to him about how he got his movie out, how he got it on Netflix or what have you. How much of a godsend is Tubi to the black independent cinema maker? Well, it's it's huge for us because not only does Tubi give us a platform to put our movies on, it's actually paying us, paying us, you know what I mean? So it's like... Mm -hmm. As an independent filmmaker, like one of the hardest things um, back in the day was actually getting your movie to a platform where people can actually watch it. You know, like all we had was Amazon Amazon was cool, but Amazon wouldn't accept everything from everybody. So Mm -hmm. now Tubi, Tubi is it it gave us again, it gave us a voice. It's giving us an opportunity. Yeah, because uh, because it was like when I first ran across Tubi and I just started looking, I said, "Well, damn, it's a lot of black movies." And I just started watching it. I fell in love with it. Your movie, Power and Money, was one of the first ones I watched. Oh, wow. You know, period. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, boy, it made me scared to go to Detroit. Boy, y'all thugged out up that motherfucker. I thought, <laughs> y'all play up that motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, oh, shit. But it's kind of like, but to me, I think that would make the Detroit, the Midwest scene, movie scene, so incredible. Because one, the closeness of you guys, mm-hmm. you know, y'all attend everybody's, you know, movie premieres. Because I've never seen an independent movie premiere. Like, y'all are literally selling out movie theaters with your movie premieres. Yeah, I've been doing that for the past seven years, eight years. Selling out I mean, thousand plus. I, I got to ask this. How does it feel when you walk in there and your move about to be filmed, your, your, your film, your, your hard work, and you see that motherfucker packed to standing room only to come see your shit. Tell me how it feels, man. Man, it feels great. Like, honestly, you don't get the full impact of that until the movie goes off and you get this mm-hmm. of air that hits the back of your neck. Because I always sit in the very first row because I don't want to see the movie. I want to hear the people. And yeah. And when and when it goes off and everybody stands up and cheer and give you this big old a round of applause, that's that's the high of the night. Mm. That's the, that's the high of the night. And then when you walk out, they call I call it the big let out, right? And when mm-hmm. you walk out, everybody's walking up to you, shaking your hand, telling you that they, how they felt about the movie. If it's good or bad, I don't care. I could take constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. It's just the point about that, you, like you said, y'all showed up, you supported me. And, and and it just looks so beautiful when they all walk out that theater. Yeah, because I even saw that like Murder Pain came to the dirty premiere. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not even not even in it, but he's there. You know what I'm saying? It like I said, speak to the closeness of y'all community. Cause it seems like y'all very supportive of each other. Yeah, it, but you know, it, it, yeah, we are. We, we we got to the point to where you know you know each one teach one. So it's like we all are. You know, we're learning together, we're growing together, and we're supporting one another. And that, and like I say, like it, it didn't used to be like that. Um, mm. But we we realized that you know, as a film community, as we we're growing, we have to stay together. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like I say, it, it's it's nothing like it because I've been doing this for so long. I was doing it before it was a film community. So and just to see it grow and to be what it is today is it's 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 a wonderful thing. So now. Here's the question I want to ask. How do you decide which projects you're willing to work on versus those that you like, nah, this ain't for me? It's the script. I mean, it's about what the script is and, you know, um, 
I mean, that's what it boils down to is it's the script. If I ain't feeling the script, if I can't envision what's going on, I'm going to have to turn it down. Mm-hmm. So is there a script that you turned down that you hate later on that you did? Um, No. It, no, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. You said, you said, hey, if you turned it down, it was a reason. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, a lot of times, like lately, if I have to turn down a script, it's because I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that speaks volumes right there. Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes. So, shoot. So, um, when y'all pick, like, which city you're going to film out of, is it based off of the script? Or is it just based off of the feeling that you feel that this city is going to give the movie more authenticity and and make the movie pop more versus me shooting here? It's all about location um, as far as like the script inside, whatever the script is. And then where you feel like you can get the best, the, the best for your production value. Like, you know, you might mm-hmm. have a script that's just solely Atlanta. And then, mm-hmm. and it has that country vibe, so you gotta go to Atlanta to shoot this movie, or you might have to go to Chicago to get like if you on you know like on whatever they're on that that type of vibe. If you and they you know mm-hmm. how they hoods roll, or you know even with Milwaukee, Milwaukee has its own um it has its own like style. You know what I mean? Like the way the way yeah. they talk, the way they dress, everything everything's different. Yeah, cause, cause I see y'all line is say less. Down here we say say no more though in Durham. <laughs> y'all say y'all say say less. <laughs> I like that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that's that what I like because y'all use y'all dialect, you know, period, which also make it more, you know, authentic or heavy. So um when y'all do when y'all cast the role, do y'all have a casting call or do y'all already know which actors y'all gonna cast for each role? Well, me personally, I handpick all I handpick all my actors, but I still do a casting call because sometimes you never know if you're gonna find that diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you're familiar with the well, yeah, you've seen Power of Money. So the guy with the, the two braids, the long hair. Um, yeah, he's a beast, Joe. I found him <laughs> in the casting call, so that's why that's why like with him, like he mm-hmm. was in my first movie, Wait. And, yeah, you know, so by that, you know. That's why we continue to do casting calls because you never know who you're gonna find in these casting calls. Yeah, because the guy with it, I can't think of his name. I had his name earlier today, but I loved him because I saw him in Three Keys, and he's very versatile. I see he could do comedy as well as gangster, you know. Period. And speak to an actor being versatile to where they can do multiple things because that's one of the things that I noticed with, you know, Dimitri is that he can play any role that you give him, no matter what it is. I mean, that's because that's, those are actors, you know, like those are people that's taking the craft serious. Like, there's no boundaries for them, you know what I mean? So that this is what they want to do. So they're not going to put themselves in the box and say, hey, I don't need to play gangster shit. No, they, they want any role that they can get to show their versatility and their range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was like, <clears throat> you know, even to the point, especially when he makes that face, because it, 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 he has a face that he makes that is just like, yo... Yeah, he about to fuck up some shit. <laughs> I love his facial expressions, you know, period. And um, and then, like I said, also Crystal, the doll, she's a beast, mm-hmm. you know, period. I've been seeing, I've been, you know, following her and everything, especially Mina. Mina looked like, man, Mina been killing it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it's like how it feels to see some of these cats that you have worked with 
grow in the industry? It feels good. I mean, because it's the, the point about that I was a part of their process. Yeah, because, man, I, I, I've been watching your shit. I was like, bro. And like, then when I, and then what got me was you did an interview. You was talking about how the movie saved your life, you know, period. And, you know, doing movies and, and all that, it showed you a different way. And a lot of times in the hood, we don't think there's a way out. You know, preach to my smokers that you have options, even though you don't live in the best conditions. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, that's so true. Like, you are what you you are what you make your life. Your life is what you make it. You know what I mean? So it's up to you to make life is just decisions. So you're gonna make a good decision or a bad decision. It's not about what's people always look at opportunity, create opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you ain't gotta be the one to wait for the opportunity, go create one. It is you have all this free knowledge that that's out here. You got YouTube, you got Google, you got all these things that so if you really want to do something. Find something that you can be passionate passionate about and create your opportunity. Don't wait for one. Yeah, because it's important. I ain't even gonna lie. I would love to see hoops and more shit because I ain't even know she. Damn, she was good. Right. It was very surprising, um, and everything. And now with you, what type of movie would you like to shoot that you haven't shot yet? A period piece. Mm. or you know something um you know something of that line so where they got to put on costumes like a game of thrones or you know that type of vibe because i just i just want to see what it feels like to be have these actors in full character like doing something that they know nothing about yeah yeah because that's one thing i i would love to see um even to the point where like it's a period of peace within the 1920s you know, like one of my favorite movies I watched who had John Travolta in it, and it was an alternate reality where black people was in white people's position. You feel what I'm saying? And I always was like, I wonder if anyone ever did a movie where it wasn't the Italian mob, it was the black mob. You feel what I'm saying? You know, that ran shit like that or what have you. You know, um, or even to the point of superhero movie. You know, period. Um, what, what, be a director. Let's say you got that script. What would be the steps that you would take to pull off a superhero movie? Hmm. I mean, basically, my first thing is finding my lead actor. That's the very first step. Like, once I know the story, I see it. Now I have to find this act actor that I know that can pull this character off. Like, that's that's rule. That's that's first step. You got to find the lead actor. Hmm. Mm. And then, of course, you got to find the villain. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that, that all comes in after you because the thing, my oh, thing is, is is scene is scene presence and scene balance. So it's like your your villain has to somehow some way complement your superhero and vice versa. They have to stand out. So it's like once you figure out who your lead is, finding yeah. your your supporting will be your next step to make sure that the villain and what or whatever. However, like even with them being in the costume. You got to make sure they look right in that costume. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, shoot. So, now the other question I want to ask is, now, let's get to the, the crux of it. Because we all, in my podcast, we, of course, we talk to porn stars. And I've been in the porn business as time for 15 years, 20 years total. And the biggest thing we always talk about distribution. How you distribute, how you put your stuff out there. So, how do... 
describe the process of once the movie is made, once it is edited, now it's time to distribute it. Mm-hmm. Describe the process. Well, the process before is like we were all dealing with distribution companies. You know what I mean? You find you mm-hmm. gotta find your home and, and the people that you want to deal with. But me personally, now I have uh, um, set it up to where I have my own distribution. Um, mm-hmm. I part I partner with um, you know some bigger companies, and I actually can distribute your film myself. I don't have to go through a third party. Word. Yeah, and that's Word. that's kind of big because the way I have it set up is our thing is more or less for the independent filmmaker and not just about being a distribution company and meaning that I don't want to just distribute your film. I want to help you make money on your film. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So basically a lot of these distribution companies, they don't help you promote. They don't help you market your film. They don't have to do none of that. So with me, with, well, not with me and my team and, you know, and my partners, well, we're, our, our goal is to, not just make the percentage of the money off of your distribution, but we're going to put back to your film. We're going to make sure that your film is distributed and also have some type of marketing behind it. Mm. Now, I can't, I can't do the full marketing package for you because mm. you still have to do some things yourself, but I'm going to help with that in that area to make sure. Because you got to understand, if I'm distributing your, your film, it's like, okay, in order for me to make any money, you have to make money. True. True. Yeah, the same situation with the porn. <laughs> you know, period. Because they don't get that percentage until we get our until we make sales, right? You know, period. So it's kind of like now I'm gonna ask you this. Um, Cause you mentioned Amazon, is Tubi a better option than Amazon? Right now they are, yes, because Tubi is an AVOD. Amazon, they were they're not AVOD, but they were subscri- they're subscription based. And they're transactional based. So mm-hmm. right now, Amazon is not letting any independent film, as I know right now, they're let they're, they're not letting them do subscription based content. So that mm-hmm. means that in order when you put your movie on Amazon, they're doing trans, trans um, transactional. So that means that people have to buy or rent your film. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know, back in the day when you with Amazon, all you had to do is have a subscription. And you can just do subscription based, and they can watch your fr- film for free because you have a subscription with Amazon. But they kind of stopped that for um, independent filmmakers. Now, what other platforms is out there for independent filmmakers other than Tubi? That's good. I mean, I mean you still got Tubi, you got uh, Freevee, you have uh, Peacock's taking content, you have um, Apple, Apple TV, mm. you have what else do we? You got uh, Google Play. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Roku. Um, it's so I mean honestly, I can't name them all. It's so many different platforms that's out yeah. there that's taking our content. It's just about when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out how it's about what you want to do with it but right now Tubi is the go-to now when it comes to love making scenes because of course it's porn anyway I'm talking to you know my smokers know you know we 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 talk about porn a lot but you know I like to get out my wheelhouse every now and then so when it comes to love making scenes um how do y'all direct that 
because I had talked to a lady that um, we were talking about that they had that she'd been on some movie sets where she kind of helped the actresses, you know, go through motions of doing a lovemaking scene, discuss boundaries, all that good stuff. How do y'all go about that? Because I know not everybody wants to go completely nude. Not everybody wants to go full tilt with it. So how do y'all handle that? I mean, first, as a director, the first things first is talking to your talent, right? You, you want to talk to them. You want to figure out what they're comfortable with, um, you know what I'm saying, what they're willing to, willing to do, what they're not willing to do. Um, you know, most time, most of the time, it's going to be a closed set. And, you know, and, and it's just it's all about movie magic at this point, because a lot of people I've seen on these platforms like, oh, they really be having sex in those films in Detroit. No, we mm-hmm. don't really have sex. We just found a way to put the camera, make the angle. And some of the guys, mm-hmm. they're not scared to put a sock on, whatever. You know what I mean? Just to make yeah. it look realistic. Yeah. No, I ain't going to front. Y'all should be looking very realistic. This coming from a porn dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had this conversation with T Million, you know, because it, to me, it makes the movie more. Because it kind of, the more realistic the sex scene, the more intense it makes the movie. You get what I'm saying? And it kind of plays into the movie itself. You know what I'm saying? You know, period. Because a lot of times you see the girls still have on the bra and the panties. And I'd be like, that's not realistic. You know, with y'all, y'all make it a point to make the lovemaking very realistic as possible. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it all, that all boils down to these actors, man. Like, you got some girls that's willing to go full commando you know what i mean but you mm-hmm. got some to say okay well i'm not taking this off i'm doing this i mean like, at the end of the day it's all about camera camera angles it's, it's yeah because yeah. yeah, because I, I watched the t million shit Dude, that camera he did in uh swap out i was like god damn bro that shit look real <laughs> yeah look real and, and then i saw the scene with uh dimitri and you know mina monroe in the dirty deed, that shit look realistic as fuck, you know. And um, to me, it, it's that what I like about y'all films is that everything about it look realistic. It don't look fake, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, this could really be happening in the real world type situation, you know. Period. How much do y'all make it? How much do y'all make it a point when you're editing? To be like, I right, I want to make this look as legit as as real as possible, that people can really believe that this is actually happening. I mean, it all starts with I mean, the editor only can do so much. So it's all about what you do, mm-hmm. how how you approaching it with the camera angles, and then when you get on the edits, you just make it jump around. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're so in tune to what's going on, and the camera starts jumping angles. You for, you don't even think about the camera jumping angles. You just know that they're they're having sex. Mm. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's the way to trick the mind. Mm. Yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah, I ain't gonna front. Y'all do some good camera work, bro. Speaking from a dude that had to be behind the camera. <laughs> because I always said this. I, I, one of my dreams was when I was active, was that I wanted to do a point that if I edit it right, it could be an actual factual movie. And that's something me and T Million talked about have y'all have anyone ever thought about dibbling dabbling grabbing porn you know uh people and then kind of doing something similar to that yeah I, my buddy out in la um he he still i think he still does porn to this day um he was uh the one that was behind pinky at one mm. point and uh he wanted to do a film to where it it 
intertwines with the porn world. So I don't know if he's yeah. still thinking about doing it or not, but that was something that he was me and him was in discussion about for a minute. So shoot, now I gotta ask this: How do y'all get the movie theaters to play y'all stuff? Um, because right, we, I know built, we, it, we built a relationship with them. I mean, we just go up there like well, like me. I did a lot of mine at the AMC Star at the AMC Star theaters. So mm-hmm. basically, you just got to deal with corporate. Mm. And then once you, once you start dealing with them and then you create a, a, a report and you start getting, um, you know, or building that relationship, it's not hard because they know we do good business. Yeah, because I remember watching, uh, when well, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, uh, the Dolomite movie with, with Eddie Murphy. And it kind of gave you an inside look of what he had to do to get his movie in the movie theaters. You know, period. which is funny because he went to Detroit. <laughs> He went to Detroit to get his movie on, which was funny, which is I I need to have talked to a guy from Detroit. And is in the movie theater in Detroit, they they're a little bit more friendly. Have uh have you the other cities? Have y'all tried like in Milwaukee or Chicago? Hello? Hello? Oh yeah, I'm still here. No, I said everything that they yeah. do. Walkie, they definitely do um, premieres and things like that. See, I ain't gonna front. Detroit made me jealous because I wish Durham had that. Because <laughs> 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 no, no I, we don't have an independent film. The closest thing we had, I think Fayetteville had one called The Ville, which they used to do on YouTube. You know, um, which, which was funny because I was like, you know, but I guess at the time. You can only do YouTube because there really was no place to distribute your stuff like that, right. you know. Period. Um, because you know, I come from a day where it was North American videos and all that, so you know, it came a long ways for black cinema to be seen, you know. Period. Um, so now, what projects that you got coming up that people need to look out for? Um, like I said, I'm dropping a new project um, in June called Her Husband's Enemy. Ooh. Um, that's that's uh starring Tori Monet, um, Lee Masters, uh Tristan Vizigas, and then a girl. I don't know if you've seen her name is Kizra Dion. She, uh, she has a uh a series out called The Transporter. I know exactly what you're talking about because I watched that series. <laughs> I got her in there. That series drove me crazy. God was like. The ending pissed me the fuck off. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm like, this lady be trying to kill your ass. You got a dead to rights. Now you want to forgive her. Y'all be buddy, buddy. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Then the crazy dude that she hired to kill the girl ends up kidnapping the goddamn. Well, I said, man, what the fuck? I hate when the ending kills the whole fucking movie. People don't realize the ending can kill the fucking movie, yo. Straight up, like the, I don't like those movies to where you confuse at the end or it's left open, even though you're trying to yeah. do a part two. Like, man, end it. Yeah, and that's one thing I can say about circumstances. You gave us a, you gave us a cliffhanger, but it could be an ending if you decided not to do any more. You get what I'm coming from? Because yeah. even with at the end of three, when the the uh, the the assassin had, you know, uh, T. Damn, what's his name? TK? Was it TA? TA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he had TA dead to right, he told him about the list and this, that, and third. You could have ended it right there. 
you know, period. Um, so to me, it's kind of like, do y'all make it a point to make movie series? Because it seems like y'all working on making universes almost. You feel what I'm coming from? It's the fans, man. The fans be wanting it. We just give it a try. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you throw it against the wall, see if it's sticking. It's like everything we throw against the wall is sticking. So we're like, we got to keep coming back with a, with, a, with a, a series part of it. Now I got to ask this. Are we going to see a, a, a sequel to Power and Money, bro? Because I want to see what happened to your character. Um, We've been talking about it. We, we've been, I'm sorry. I, I want to see him as the boss. Okay? I'm sorry, because cause I just love his gangster. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love his gangster. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of would like to see what will happen with him. You know, have you been getting a lot of, you know, you know, praise for your role? Yeah, I have, because a lot of people were very surprised that I was able to pull off what I did. Yeah, bro, because it was like, when I saw that you were the director, I said, damn, this motherfucker is an actor and a damn director. Shit. <laughs> that was hard to Say what? That was one of the hardest things that I've done. Well, you pulled it off massively, my brother. Massively. So, shoot. So, I know I done held you up. We almost had an hour out this piece. And, people, you know what I'm about to ask him because. Mr. Cornette, I would love to have you back on the show. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to discuss certain things and everything. So with that being said, can I call you a smoke buddy? Oh, you definitely can do that. No doubt. Y'all heard it first. He will be back here on the, on the Smokers Lounge. And I might even get him to come on the Premium Smoker Room to appear on one of our five lovely premium podcasts for $4.99 a month. The best smokers always premium. You know, I think that Princess Havoc would love to have a conversation with you on her podcast, you know, period. So we're going to try to work that out one day. All right, big man. So with that being said, tell everybody where they can find your movies and where they can follow you and find you. Just follow me on all social media at D-I-R-X-B-Z-Jones. And all the movies are streaming on all platforms, Tubi, Amazon, Roku, you name it. They're on there. No doubt. So y'all go check out his movies on Tubi, bro. And I will be reviewing some of them. You feel what I'm saying? Because you already you already heard me review them, and I'm here to tell you they get the Smokers Lounge stamp of approval, because this man is bad at what the fuck he do, people. And I'm not just saying it because he's on here. Nah, it's the truth. So, so with that being said, you know how we end these shows every day, all day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience if you haven't learned anything? Smoke this over. Say goodbye to the to the people, my brother. All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all for having me, and thank you so much. Mm-hmm.